0: we're so glad you could join us i'm lauren i'm katie we're your hosts this podcast is nothing more than a conversation between two good friends sharing life stories and trying to make sense of growth healing and the
1: journey home today the main theme is the importance of listening we touch on language learning, yoga, sobriety and processing emotions. Maybe
0: you'll relate to some of the things we discuss, or maybe you'll pick something up from what we've learned along the way.
1: We hope you feel part of the conversation and inspired to reflect on your own journey too. This is your invitation to connect with us. Welcome to Chrysalis Connection.
0: Hello. Hey, how are you? I feel like this, this could be a, like a therapy session, isn't it? we like, we start at the beginning, like... Oh yeah, I'm fine. How are you? And then we get into the real, like, how are we? The Um, juicy
1: dirt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know. I'm really happy to be here having this chat. It's been a while.
1: I was just about to say we have been off for a little while. It's been, I don't know, it's been a bit of a strange time, isn't it? Really?
0: I feel like we're here recording today explaining our silence.
1: Yeah, I feel
0: like I feel like I have sort of like got to tell like why I haven't done my homework or something. I know,
1: what's your excuse? Um, there's
0: a couple of people I've actually been saying, "Oh, the podcast's gone a bit quiet recently." Like how it, like, is it still going? And like, even mm. my dad asked and I don't think he oh, listens. that's really um, lovely. Yeah, so that kind of was a bit of a gentle kick up the butt that we needed to mm. get back out there
1: again. I have missed having this time like just because we always have a chat before anyway. I know, like we always we leave voice notes daily and stuff, but it's not a conversation, is it? Like the the back and forth of a natural conversation mm. is definitely so much better.
0: It's just nice to get into a cupboard under a blanket I know. and talk about our feelings. Our Harry Potters, <laughs> we so are. Yeah, it's been a while, but I think you know, obviously, juggling two people's schedules in two different time zones is mm-hmm. one part of it. But then also, like, we've both got to be in the right headspace.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's probably been, like, the biggest factor because we recorded once and we tried to record another time and it, it just hasn't happened for some reason.
1: Yeah.
0: There's just been a few things that have come up like that. But I think the whole point of a podcast is a lesson in expressing ourselves and therefore listening.
1: Yeah,
0: We always say, you know, like, we don't want to force ourselves. We want to do this in in tune with the cycle and things. So we've spoken mm. before about how... It feels great to record in spring and summer, but then more do more of the editing in autumn and winter. It just feels like it's been winter for a long time right now and we've been (laughs) hibernating.
1: There's been a lot of delving inwards.
0: A lot. And we've been doing quite a few of the similar things in terms of activities and workshops and the delving. We've done a few things together. We've got that in common.
1: Yeah. I felt a little bit guilty with it. Have you? Well, I spend so much time reading the self-help books in you know taking all of this information and then it's like well, okay what am I putting into practice what am I actually doing from this there's like a I think I said to you before there's like a fine line between like doing and being and I do have that guilt sometimes where I try and just be and you know take some space and especially I, I know I've talked to you before about yoga like I, I'm i only just getting into it now even though I've been doing it for years I'm finally kind of taking it seriously and not seriously as in like I must do it but enjoying it mm. I'm realising that actually having that connection with my body is pretty imperative to being mentally well. And it has really helped me over the past few weeks just to get on the mat. And I always find it really cheesy when the yoga instructor's like, I'll see you on the mat. I'm just like, oh God. But it's so true. Like just having that meeting space and taking that time out for me and not feeling guilty.
0: And another cheesy thing they say is, you know, it's about showing up. And yeah. it is like yeah, you hear that all the time. But it it so is. It's about carving out that time and then getting there. And then when you're on the mat, whatever happens, happens. You do the practice that needs to be done in a way. Yeah. If you're tuned in and listening and things, it's not about forcing your body into certain positions. It's about stepping back and leaning in and listening.
1: I'm also guilty of that sometimes. Like I will push coming from gym weightlifting training background where it's like push push you know you've got more in the tank you can do this and then going to yoga where it is softly softly you know listen to your body take the ego out of the situation that has been a a difficult transition Mm. there's been a a thing between being self-indulgent and the guilt and actually being like no I need this now you know and there've been times when I've intended to do some weight training I've recently bought some weights because obviously the gyms are not opening anytime soon and You know, weight training for me is my happy space. It's my time. Put the music on and getting the weights out. But when I've actually tuned into my body, my body's like, no, yoga. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Even if it's just half an hour, 20 minutes, just do it. And I always, always, always feel better after doing it. Mm -hmm. But it has taken me, I mean, I've lived in Italy for two years now and I started doing it more seriously when I moved here. And, you know, now it's finally kind of trickling in and and making a difference.
0: It's really interesting. Like you, it's something you've had the practice of or kind of done mm. like in inverted commas for years. But that point when you, you get to a turning point is that you really get it. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're struggling and struggling to learn a language and then you finally just feel like you turn a corner and you can express yourself in it and you know what it can do for you.
1: Yeah. God, that's a whole different kind of fish.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of at that point with, with Portuguese. Like it will have been, yeah, it's two years since I've been doing lessons. I've been learning it for two years and it's been a long road. I think it was sort of halfway through last year that I, I started to feel like, okay, now I feel like I can speak it. But recently I feel like, it's like when I have my lessons, which is just chat with a yeah. friend, basically, I can kind of step back and observe that I'm having the conversation and think, Katie, you can really express yourself. You can really speak this language, you know, I'm yeah. like, oh, you know, we always go over time and I've got so much to say. And then sometimes I get so excited because I want to say everything at the same time. and it's like, <laughs> Hang on, I don't realize I'm doing that in mm. a third language it has been a long road to get here I assume stupidly probably subconsciously that it would come easily like Italian seemed to even though it didn't but it's like once you get to that level of speaking it you forget how hard it was at the beginning
1: don't say I've just properly started my Italian journey you have
0: to keep going it's so difficult
1: really empathizing with students at the moment learning a different language
0: I think that's it it does give you empathy that's one of the gifts of it you, you don't take anything for granted like even just any kind of small basic communication like yesterday I went to the garden center and I was just able to like ask for some advice about a certain plant and before I would have suffered in silence and, you know, maybe made the wrong purchase or not made one at all or something. And these little wins, like, hang on, like, I can express, even if it's not correct, like, I can express what I need to. Yeah, I can communicate. I think that's something that's really coming up for me at the moment is speaking up. No no matter what, whether it's a foreign language and you'll be wrong or whether you're afraid of it, but stop swallowing your words, Katie. You know, I'm I'm mentoring that to myself in my head so much.
1: It's not the same situations, but for me, definitely, like, listening to my intuition and yeah speaking up the same like saying if I'm not happy with something or something's not working for me or this kind of situation isn't good for me anymore like that's definitely like yeah quite a big one.
0: Have there been any catalysts in helping you learn that and helping you make that step? So for me I'm thinking of a webinar that we both did human design. Yes. That really helped me understand myself and I, I really owe Erin Claire Jones like a massive thank you for the work she does because that one hour webinar has given me so much insight. It's really benefiting my relationships too.
1: Yeah. I did I did read through my blueprint again the other day. I think that's like the third time I've read it. I need to I need to start doing the questions as well, to be fair. Although I know every time I read it, like I mentally make a note of, you know, the answers to the questions. I just don't write them down. Like we all know, we all have the answers inside of us, but it's just deciding again to like listen to your intuition. But reading things, I've been making an effort to get outside and walk and to listen to podcasts and, you know, the things that we love talking about and read as well. Reading has been a big thing for me. I'm trying to read more books When I have my coffee in the morning. Now I'll sit with a book and I'll read it for half an hour. But I think taking in all of that information and, you know, hearing the same message, because it is pretty much all the same. People word it differently mm. and hearing that same thing over and over again. You know, I think it's finally sinking in. Because I will avoid things, even if I know, I don't know if this is like for anyone who's interested, I'm a generator and uh, in the human design. And one of our things is if we get involved in a situation or we say yes to something, we will push through until we see it to the end, even if it doesn't benefit us. Mm. It's learning to be like, no, this, this isn't serving me anymore. You know, this isn't the right thing for me. And speaking up and shifting our focus to something else. So, yeah, it's a culmination of all of the information I've I've taken in. Mm. And then from doing yoga and going out for walks, connecting with nature again, trying to be more mindful as well, because these are uncomfortable feelings. I don't want to be feeling this way. I would have drunk on, on things like this and numbed myself, you know, and there have been times when I have tried to eat my feelings. I've tried to avoid it, but it's got so loud that I can't ignore it anymore you know I have to listen I knew this would always happen it takes me a little bit longer sometimes there's a saying that I say to myself sometimes with certain things and for me the most recent thing the most recent new thing I've taken up is having Italian lessons and like committing to it. I've lived in this country for two years now people in the local cafe they've asked my name I want to be able to converse with them I'll be going in there for two years and I can't have a conversation and it's really frustrating I can kind of understand, but I don't have the vocabulary to to respond. So I was like, well, I'm going to commit to this, and I know I should have started it. I could have started it ages ago, and it's like, well, I know I'm going to speak Italian at some point, so why not just start today? There's no better time than to start today. Okay, yesterday, but that's gone. Mm. So crack on and get on with it. Some things I can do that with, and it's fine. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'm doing this now. Mm. And then other things, I'm like, fingers in my ears, la 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 la. No, I want to do this, and that's in like my ego and my self-will is is out there and it's running the show not in the flow
0: I think that's it though is realizing okay I need to start and taking action in that very moment that you get the thought you know almost like it's a moment that passes you by like a train you have to run with it so use that moment to write I'm going to go online and book the lessons yeah and just schedule it out in my calendar for the next four weeks so I know it's always on
1: those days Yeah. Well, how long did I dither with it? Like I spoke to you a couple of weeks before. I was like, oh, I might have found a teacher. I'm not sure. Is she the right one? You know, and I, I procrastinated on it. I don't know why I struggled to make that investment in myself because some things I have no issue with doing. Like I've bought things I see as an investment in myself. And But with this, it was, I think that's that fear as well. Like this is one of the first things that I knew I was starting. I know I'm not starting from right at the bottom. I do know some words being really terrible at something and being the complete beginner. I'm going
0: to correct you there with what you correct me with. And say not being practiced. You're not terrible. You can't be terrible because you haven't learned it yet. True.
1: Part of that was ego. You know, I don't. I don't want to be the worst at something.
0: Maybe it's like the fear to invest in something because then you think, what if I'm bad at it and I've spent money on it? This is true. Because other things, if it's not a problem to invest it because you know it's for yourself, maybe it's the idea of like, but what if I, I'm i not good enough to warrant having spent that money on it? Mm, yeah. It's Like people are afraid to sign up to an exam in case
1: they fail. True. It's not enough of a push, like that, that commitment.
0: Speaking from experience, I think once you get to know, you find the right teacher that's right for you and you get to know them and Once it's familiar and they feel more like a friend, you'll look forward to seeing them and chatting to them, even if it's a lesson. I remember at the beginning, like it was very nerve wracking for me. And like, it's such a weird for me two years ago, starting Portuguese and in many areas, like I was reinventing my life. And I felt like on top of the world and very capable in what I was doing in many areas. But it was so weird to come back from, you know, I woke up at 6.30, went to the gym, did a workout, planned my lessons. Was going to go and be a teacher. And like I I knew my job, I was very confident in that at the time. And then to go and sit at the desk and basically be a child again. Yeah. Can't speak. And as an adult, especially in your 20s or 30s, and you only just started figuring it out and feeling grown up in inverted commas, (laughs) then voluntarily put yourself back in Mm. a child's position. But with another adult, like it does feel embarrassing. Like I wouldn't say shame, but it is like you are very self conscious in that moment. Totally. It's really made me empathise with my students. Yeah. I think it will probably change the way you teach as well. Yeah. It will make you a different type of teacher. I feel like, uh, you know, whether I've um, taken inspiration from things my teacher's done with me or just known like, hang on, this is what it feels like. You know, I'm just going to be even more approachable in the first lesson just so that they're reassured and they feel like it's a friend rather than it's a teacher and a lesson and
1: everything. I do agree with that. And I think as well, like things, new things I've taken up, I've always either been really interested in it I don't want to say like been naturally good but just enjoyed it enough to want to be better at it mm. if that makes any sense so you know any any hobbies I've taken up I'm quite adaptable anyway so I've got on with it and enjoyed it whereas with this it's out of necessity obviously living in the country I do need to speak the language mm.
0: so it's that extrinsic motivation yeah
1: maybe a little bit more. as opposed to
0: intrinsic I always find that out from my students in the first like discovery lesson we do is I don't ask, you know, where is it internal or external, but I find a way of figuring out, is this intrinsic motivational or extrinsic? Because naturally, if you want it for you, not because of some outside reason, you're going to be better at it because you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And that's always one of the things I, I always make sure to find out when I meet a new
1: student. I do feel like my mindset is shifting with it because obviously it there is an intrinsic feel to it because I want to speak to people, you know, I want to communicate in another language
0: think maybe rather than the idea of I've got to learn this whole language just have like set yourself small goals and, and share them with your teachers I want to be able to have a chat with the woman down the road at, in the cafe I want to comment on the weather as I pick up my pastry small talk <laughs> um, just like yeah really basic things yeah. like make these mini goals you know celebrate them when they happen it might just be a Tuesday morning and you might just walk out of the bakery not realizing like oh, hang on like I, I didn't feel any sort of force there like I could chat to that person you know. For me one of the things is when I first got to Portugal I never understood why they were asking for my tax number at the checkout like they do that here and they kept asking me for this thing and I was like sorry what and for them it's just like it's like asking do you want a bag like it's the most normal question they ask here in Portugal. At the beginning it really used to like frazzle me and they would see that I would get stressed because I didn't understand what it was and then I'd be like sorry I'm foreign and like they don't need to know I'm foreign you know and these days it's just like no thanks or yes please or like it's and just sailing through that interaction at the checkout every time is like, I can do that now. That's a little win. Um, and it's the most minor things, but they it's like with Atomic Habits, you know, like that one percent every day like that yeah. the tiny things will compound into bigger results.
1: I do remember one of my little wins, actually, when I booked my haircut mm-hmm. in Italian.
0: Yay. And she's such a good hairdresser.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a good experience. Actually. They're, yeah. they're really patient.
0: <laughs> oh, they're lovely there
1: yeah no it's it's difficult there's definitely like a, a massive uh, dose of humility
0: that's what it is it's it's yes yeah, humility served upon a plate that's what we need sometimes it doesn't do us any harm really in the long term does it and the only harm it, it really does is to the ego momentarily I just want to go back to something that you mentioned in there, um, and I didn't want to interrupt, but happy sober birthday. Thank you. Because today marks five years, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it was crazy. I still remember. I remember the last night of drinking. um, I was out with my sister in Guildford. I tried to give up many times before, but got bored. I didn't really know what else we were supposed to do. and I just remember looking around thinking, I'm not having fun anymore. I'm just not enjoying this. Mm. And then had a few more shots and then tried to burn my sister's house down by leaving a pizza in the oven, obviously unintentionally. But yeah, the next day I knew I had to sort myself out. So yeah, and here we are five years later.
0: How quickly do you feel like the last five years have gone compared to like the five years prior to that?
1: Oh, God. um... (laughs) That was a bit of a (laughs) dreadful sound. (laughs) I don't even know. It's definitely been different, like just feeling more comfortable in my own skin, speaking up. I think being more confident in my sobriety as well. And it's becoming such a massively talked about thing. You know, there are people who I follow on Instagram that used to post stories about boozy nights out and doing things like that. And they've either started a sober journey or, you know, people are becoming more sober curious and dry January has obviously just been, or there are people giving up for January, February and March. And it really fucking great to see people, you know, looking at their relationship with alcohol and looking at the reasons why they drink. And I've really enjoyed it, hearing people's thoughts and stuff on it as well. And people have been vocalizing what I've wanted to say and not had the words to be able to express myself. So it's made me feel more, more settled and more more accepted in myself in my decisions.
0: Yeah, it's really affirming to hear Yeah. those thoughts echoed and sort of maybe articulated in a way that you haven't always had the language for. 100%. It's another language that you're learning now. Yeah. Going back to the languages thing.
1: Yeah, it's great. I wouldn't change any of it, not really. Like I always say all the time, these things are sent to try us and to teach us. So, you know, every every kind of experience and thing like that is, is a lesson.
0: That's what you make of it. And I think yeah. you've made amazing of it thank you and who knows if we would have met if you hadn't
1: this is true no I, I probably would have embarrassed myself horrendously and we would no longer speak probably I would have been able
0: to relate to that because I also <laughs> have uh, similar <laughs> stories. so don't be too hard on yourself maybe this is a good time to mention that on the 23rd of March this month so it's a Tuesday evening we are co-hosting an event so yeah I host Shelf Help Porto we're going to do a collaboration in, with the theme of the current book. So the current book of the month is uh, Self-Care for Tough Times by Susie Redding. She's a psychologist and a yogi. And the book is a really gentle coffee table type guide that's like a friend in a book to, to guide you through rituals and ways you can make deposits into your energetic bank balance, as she puts it, in, in the act of self-care. And so with that in mind, we're, we're going to host a sharing circle called self-care for sobriety. And so of course if you're listening, you are definitely invited. yeah The, the circle promises to be a, a non-dogmatic non-judgmental space. Absolutely. It's completely supportive and encouraging. You do not have to be sober to attend. you don't have to be you know to, to all levels of sober curiosity and call it. So yeah we'll uh, we'll put the in details in the show notes. Really, we just want to create a space that's safe and kind and supportive. For people to come and maybe reflect on their relationship or their experiences with, with alcohol and things and how potentially a more mindful relationship with alcohol or being sober curious, or, or perhaps moving towards spending some time sober, whether it's a more permanent decision or, or a personal experiment, but creating a space for for that conversation with no judgment, no ideologies pushed on you. It's a real safe space to, to share and, and connect. Something that I'd like to, to bring up and talk about is is the idea of listening. This has really been a theme for me recently. And it's funny because I always tell my students, you know, if if you, if you want to speak better English, you need to listen more. The more we listen, the better we can express ourselves. We absorb things and are able to reproduce them without the effort of sitting there with books and things and it's true in in many areas of our lives too the the more we listen the more able we are to express ourselves Um, whether that's listening to others or listening to ourselves or our bodies it's been a real theme for me recently I think it kind of got kick-started by and not kick-started by this experience because obviously I went looking for this experience for a reason but I think it was at the beginning of February I had uh, an Akashic That was really profound and insightful. And, you know, whilst it might not be for everyone, I think any experience we have is what we choose to make of it and what we take away from it. Yeah. It personally aligns with my beliefs. You know, whether those of you listening at home can get on that thought too. But it really has helped me. It it felt like being truly, truly seen for maybe the first time in a long, long time or ever and it really gave me a lot of <laughs> a lot of work to do she she told me wow you you know you came knocking you came asking you know you you asked the questions you've got some insight you have a lot of work to do that's definitely given me
1: things to to think about mm. i do like the saying we have two ears and one mouth for a reason mm. i have introduced that to a particularly chatty student <laughs> which has helped but um yeah I really I really like it because it is true and I do think a lot of the time I keep seeing at the moment you know we listen to respond uh, or to reply rather than listen to hear especially with things as they are at the moment people do want to be heard you know like you said being seen we all want to be seen we, we don't wanna be heard. want
0: to be heard we need to be heard it's a basic human need we need love and shelter and food and water and things to grow, but we need to be heard. And yeah. Therapy has really helped me acknowledge that. My counselor has been the one that shared that, you know, it's not just a want, like we need to be heard. It's a human need. And something happened last week actually, which I, I did want to bring up. I unexpectedly, I would say, got very triggered by not the interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle but by the response to it. Um I haven't seen the interview. I can't get it here in Portugal. As I I did get so upset, probably won't watch it until I'm in a better space. And it's not about, you know, whatever anyone's personal opinions of, of them are. And to be honest, I don't understand how many people can have such a personal opinion about someone they've never met. That's another thing that kind of really gets up in my grill. But what really struck me was these are people who have been brave to come forward and courageously tell their stories and look at what they're being met with. So what does that tell the rest of us about needing to speak up and come forward and tell our stories? And it started in a voice message to my brother and then to you. And it's very normal for us to cry in voice messages to each other. So listeners, don't be, don't be worried. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's so, so cathartic, but I started as a very sweary rant and I'll, I'll save listeners from that now. And then I just burst out crying in the middle of the voice message. Um, And I, I, it was just coming from somewhere and I was so, so deeply upset and, and I, I'm not really interested in, you know, not that the celebrities, but celebrity gossip or current, like I don't really follow, follow current affairs that much. Um, I'm very careful with, I follow on Instagram and I've really curated what I follow on there so that it only benefits me. It's where I go for a lot of personal development and sort of spiritual guidance in a way. Most of what I follow on Instagram are text posts rather than pictures. And I was just, I was so surprised that it bothered me so much. And it really came up from somewhere. And I just had this urge to express, to write. And so I did. Um, I got really upset about it. And I think looking back at why, it's because I can relate so deeply and so personally for many reasons. The Akashic reading kind of gave me some perspective on one, one side of that but also from, you know, experiences as in in my younger years. I deeply know what it is like to try and find the courage to come forward and say something that happened to you and to feel like you're not believed or to feel like you're not supported or just to want to tell your own story. And all you really needed was just an ear. You didn't need someone to say anything or do anything. You just needed someone to listen. And... It really struck a chord with me, and so I wrote something and I posted it on Instagram. If you don't mind, I'm gonna share a little bit of it here because it just really struck in me that this could be a chance for us to think, actually, hang on, why are we getting bothered about this why why is this really bothering me personally? I don't know these people, why <laughs> royal family doesn't really affect me, you know why does it bother us? but we could take that and instead of. You know, slinging mud and like you know, these smear campaigns and blaming and nitpicking and speculation and everything. Why don't we just use it to look inside and think? Can I be a better listener? Have there been people in my life that actually have come to me with something difficult, and did I listen as I sh- as I as I did like as yeah. I should have done? Because I honestly believe on such a deep level that the best thing we can ever do for ourselves or anyone else is just to listen. Yeah, I truly truly do and I'm choosing my words very carefully right now to not get overwhelmed with emotion because I can really imagine a time where all I needed was support or or just to be listened to or just to be believed and I wasn't maybe met with that and it can be such a damaging thing to not do that for a person and so this really has been triggering for me um subsequently actually i ended up getting really physically ill uh it started with what i thought was a migraine turned into like a fever and like sickness and like r- real physical symptoms um and it's still lasting now like i'm still not feeling right and i i kind of you know i kind of go down the route of googling my symptoms and like getting a bit scared that it's covid mm-hmm. and things but um actually i think this is things that i've been holding on to for so so long and even though I have told some people and I have shared it with a therapist like I haven't really said it to me yeah and it all kind of came to a head where I had a fever last Thursday night um I went to take a, I was shivering I was like covered in all my clothes and shivering but I had a temperature so I went to take a hot bath and I put a guided throat chakra meditation on um and turned the lights off so I was just in a dark hot bath um before the meditation teacher even said close your eyes I had started crying because I knew what needed to come up out of me yeah. and it's not like I have never dealt with this it's just I didn't know I needed to deal with it so much
1: mm.
0: <laughs> and it's something from you know these things from 9-15 years ago like a long time ago but our body holds on to them like yeah absolutely our mind may not remember but our body does and I was just crying and crying and crying the kind of headache cry- crying where you Give yourself a headache, um, but I needed to physically grieve it. And at some point, my knees just randomly started hurting, and my knees were floating in a hot bath. So, why are they hurting? I just felt a lot there. Um, and then the teacher said to put our hands on our throat, and if words needed to come out, to say them. And there are some words that I've always struggled to say. And in that dark, hot bath with the meditation on in a really tiny, tiny voice, with my hands cradling my throat and protecting it in a way, I was just able to whisper those words out loud, followed by, and it wasn't my fault. And, oh my goodness, I needed to tell myself that for so, so, so long. And I don't think I had truly, like, with other people maybe, but not on my own, in a bath, <laughs> in the dark and everything. And and then I felt like, yeah, everything I sweated out that night was just completely cathartic. And so it's been a big week, a big lesson in listening, but also listen so that when we do speak, we do express things, we know what what we do need to say. And so I just like to sort of finish this little TED talk. <laughs> just something I wrote. So... Think of a time when you weren't given a chance. What did you really need in that moment? Think of a time when you went into something naively but needed help later down the line. Were you judged, shunned or disregarded? Were you blamed or scapegoated? Or were you listened to and supported? Think of a time when you suffered abuse. Were you believed? Were you afraid of not being believed? Think of a time when you felt incredibly low or even worse. Were you supported? Were you believed? If you can imagine just one time in your life where you have felt ignored silenced blamed scapegoated or not believed take this opportunity to ask yourself how would it have felt to have been supported in that moment what did you need now we may not be able to change our experiences or what's happened to us but we can take that pain transform it into empathy and compassion and use it moving forward in our own lives we can be the change we have to be the change the best people in my life have been the ones to truly listen. It's all we ask, just listen, without preconceptions or judgment, without ego, just active listening, compassion, space to be heard.
1: That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing.
0: And I think, like, even as I'm reading this now, like, my throat does feel different. I can kind of feel like the lump that is pretty much always there, kind of starting to like, dissipate and dissolve and kind of move up. And I've been noticing all of this like as I do work through this on a physical level, like my body is just expelling as much as possible. So mm-hmm. any kind of bodily fluid or gas or whatever, like sweat, tears, like anything, everything is just like leaking out of me on a physical level. It's like I, my body is hot, held on to what my mind couldn't and it's too much. And now it's getting rid of it in any way possible through any kind of bodily function, whether that's like coughing or sneezing or sweating or anything it's repelling what I've been holding on to and I think you know going back to yoga yoga can really help you do that too are there any going thinking about yoga then are there any any areas of the body or any positions that you are quite resistant to in yoga
1: oh I was gonna say downward dog because I find it really difficult and it's meant to be a resting pose but I don't find it very resting at all
0: I think they say that like when everything else is harder like, in, in comparison.
1: <laughs> I
0: find it really difficult. I I'm kind of turning a corner with Down Dog now that I'm starting I really now when you know when the teachers say like Down Dog is like home, it's a resting pose and everything yeah, like, no. <laughs> now I'm feeling that and I've been practicing over for like a few years frequently, regularly for the last year, like the last three, four months pretty much every day. Now it feels like that. It didn't for a long time, but it does now.
1: I used to find with, obviously, there are different kinds of yoga. I always preferred the power flow yoga because I was constantly moving. You know, my head was concentrating on what my body was doing and I didn't really have to think or face anything. And then when I started doing a kind of yin yoga or something a bit slower, having to hold positions... And there were times when feelings would come up. I think I, I shared with you, it's always my hips, always my hips. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that, what that means. And I've done hip opening exercises. And like these waves of emotion have just hit me. And more often than not, they were negative. And it would, I wouldn't say it would ruin my day, but I was in that mental space where it, it kind of would ruin my day. You know, I'd have a yoga class on a, on a Tuesday morning. And yeah, this would happen, and I would have to go for a walk after yoga because I just I felt so angry and frustrated, and I could not put my finger on it. And I spoke to my therapist at the time, and she was like, "Do not quit yoga. Keep doing it. Obviously, there's something there that you need to look at." And I was just like, oh, "Okay." Oh, so right. Oh, uh, always do the hard thing. Do the hard thing. What like, do I have to? so yes. I carried on doing it and it, it, it did improve and it did get better but th- there were times when I would anticipate it so then Tuesdays for me were really difficult because I'd have yoga on a Tuesday morning and then I'd have therapy in the afternoon and I had to work as well mm. so you can imagine there's all of this it was kind of like disturbing a murky pond all of this shit being dug up and floating around and then having to go and put my happy face on to go and te- thankfully it was a lovely children. metaphor got such an image in my head <laughs>
0: but I really get it yeah you are
1: the, you're the queen of metaphors but thankfully I was teaching children <laughs> why I'm teaching children so there's nothing better than spending time with kids because they give you that sense of they've got I don't know just a different view of looking at the world it's fun and it's enjoyable games and songs and things like that
0: with teaching kids is it's reciprocal energetically oh, it's so I find I love it I do really enjoy teaching adults one-to-one but as the group I do find it quite draining and I'm now that I'm spending I say spending more time in my body and listening to it more I notice that after like five hours of group classes on zoom like I feel ill I feel completely depleted and I, I just I just think yeah maybe there's there's a lot of giving out and kids are very much like they'll, they'll mirror it all back at you you notice like it's hard to control a class when you're having a bad day like that's you oh yes <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> and I, I do like that about teaching children and there, there is that they do cheer you up a bit more. I think it's it's much easier to get mm-hmm. out of your head teaching kids mm-hmm. because there is more to do physically and you have to be present and everything. But also, that like, you just get to be a kid again for a bit. And I think yeah, that's why it's I so that. important to have time to like play and like be creative and just be curious and mm. you know to be more kid.
1: Yeah, so Tuesdays were really difficult. It's not so bad now. I think because yoga is leaked into other days, it's like doing yin, yin yoga with you on a Sunday sometimes. Last weekend we did a yoga retreat we had what was it, three mm. yoga classes and then a meditation, mm-hmm. which I thoroughly enjoyed. And sound bath. Right? Oh yeah. sound bath was blissful. It was amazing. But then even on the Monday, you know, I was in tears on the Monday because it had obviously shifted some things. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's like if you go and get a massage and then you feel like something's like leaving yeah. your body, like that ache and pain is kind of still going, or or like if you if you do like a detox for you know a dietary detox and then like you purge stuff comes out like I feel like in a way it is kind of like that that internal massage to your organ I mean that's what yoga is um, yeah you get in those positions to re- send fresh blood to those areas of the body it is like an internal detox or massage for the organs and of course we hold things physically it's where else are we holding like it's not like we have only cloud storage you know there's a hard copy of us <laughs> as well so uh, there's a Pose yoga, I really used to hate. And I made the mistake of telling my amazing yoga teacher that I hated it. <laughs> so every, every class, she's like, Katie, this one's for you. <laughs> I hated doing the standing splits, which is weird because my most flexible area is definitely my legs and my hips. Mm. My hips are always so open. When I haven't done lots of hip opening like stretches and things, that's when my body feels bad. That's when I get pain. We store a lot of emotion, especially in the hips and sort of the pelvic yeah. area. And I have heard as well that I think it's I think it's from Women Wellness and um says that the pelvic area can be related to tension in the jaw. And you and I both get so much tension in our jaws. And for me, that's the main area of tension in my body. I can work through my hips and everything, but that's where it will tell me. But I hated doing the side splits for some reason. It was difficult. It was probably the ego. Um, and I would just dread it. And then I've kind of just let go of that now, like, I knew I needed to do it more. Like if you hate it, you have to do it more. Like you have to yes. make friends with it. Like you really do. It's true. Like for something to get easier, you have to make friends with it.
1: I always find I don't know if you you're the same, but I always find my jaw is more tense when I haven't spoken up. When there's something that I need to say and I'm not saying it for fear of it not being accepted, it not being mm-hmm. acknowledged. If I feel like I'm going to be met with any kind of resistance, I won't speak up and my jaw starts hurting. And then it's like. I'm hurting myself now, you know, if I just release this. That's why sometimes, well, leaving it in a voice note can help sometimes, or you know, one of my walks, vocalizing it as well. Letting it out can really help, even if I don't say it to the person that it's intended to be said to. But just letting it out just massively helps.
0: There've been many times that I've we think we've both tried to record voice messages for each other. Mm. And for some reason it hasn't sent or it's deleted or it stopped recording. But that was okay because we needed to say it. And there's there is a big difference between what we need to express, what needs to be said, yeah, and what other people need to hear. And sometimes I'll re-record it and like tell you about it anyway. Other times I'll just say, it doesn't matter, the universe heard, or like I got it out, you know, like it's out of my body now. It's expressed. I might need the soundboard of someone else to aim it at, but really I'm the one who needs to say it. And that moment in the dark bath the other day was like actually no okay I told you about it afterwards but (laughs) no one in the moment heard me no one needed to like I needed to say that to me to little me to me that felt abandoned or unprotected or vulnerable like
1: that's the person who needed to hear it it comes back to inner child work isn't it which I know is you know there's so much floating around about inner child stuff at the moment and reparenting yourself The same as giving yourself a pep talk, you know, talking to yourself kindly, acknowledging that you've got those feelings, you've got those thoughts, self-soothing, all of that kind of key language. How can Mm. we, how can we do that to ourselves? How can we look after ourselves?
0: It's realizing that that voice is the same voice as telling you, switch off Netflix and go to sleep early tonight. Like it's the same, (laughs) like that's also self-care, you know, setting boundaries um, is also self-care or don't be lazy it's a five minute talk just do it now like that is also the same voice in your yes. head like yeah not seeing one as bad and one as good or something mm. it's the same voice like, ultimately that part of you has your best interests at heart like that is your self-parenting so Lauren just to finish what would you say that your main takeaway from this period has been
1: Ooh, for me it has been to listen to my intuition you know to tune in to be in my body as well, because I spend, I know I've mentioned it before, but I do spend a lot of time in my head and I've had this massive disconnect and I've been really anxious over the past few months. My anxiety has been really awful. You know, it's affected my sleep or it's affected everyday life. And through, you know, that little voice being like, well, you know, why don't you try some yoga? Why don't you go for a walk down to the park? Why don't you just take a bit of time out? It has massively helped you. That has snowballed into me doing yoga pretty much daily. I've committed to going for daily walks now just to get out, and my anxiety has massively decreased. You know, I'm sleeping better now. I'm feeling much better in myself. I feel much more connected. So, yeah, the theme of the whole of this episode isn't really to, to really listen, to take time just to listen.
0: I think as well following on from that the the power of what can be unleashed when we do listen Mm. like what what it can unlock for us and what we can then do with the extra energy or inspiration or empathy or compassion that we get from having listened like it can really unlock so many doors for us personally and physically we can physically start to feel better and we can work through emotion and grief and anxiety and things too.
1: What about you? What would be your main takeaway from this period? I mean, not not
0: to echo you, but very similar is, so yeah, I will echo your listening, really tuning into my body. It's something I've been working on for the last time I got ill back in November, actually, like I've really tuned in and always made it a priority and always written it down as my intention in my diary. And it it is a thing now. And I've been doing a lot of learning about myself and, you know, be careful what you wish for. I've been given many opportunities to practice those lessons especially when it comes to communication that was the main takeaway from my akashic reading and whether that's communication at work communication with myself with my partner it's is really helping so listening yeah but also knowing when to speak up how to and the main thing is katie stop swallowing your words it makes me physically ill like i know it does and there are some things that really need to come out of my body so it is just this idea of I'm not supposed to keep everything inside yeah I've always been someone that's bottled it up and always to my detriment I keep things bottled up for so so long I make myself physically ill physically sick as a child from not saying it and I remember my mum would always say like Kate, you can't bottle things up but it's like I've never known how not to it's never felt yeah. safe to, to share it and I think it's now by listening to myself or it feels safer to speak up and i think that's probably a really big turning point actually in the course of my life up until now so yeah i'm glad that it's finally happening thank you for this chat today i've missed this so much it's so good to be back yeah me too it's really that, yeah. really good to be chatting with you again i mean we never stop chatting but i mean chatting to everyone else that's listening as well so
1: Thank you so much for joining us this far in the podcast. We love that you're here. Please rate, share and subscribe to see this podcast grow. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. We'd really appreciate it. It helps to get episodes like these out there to more ears.
0: We will be doing a bonus Q&A episode at the end of season one. So get in touch to ask us anything. A Massive thank you to David Greenwood for our original music. And a huge thanks to Adam Lawrence for editing.